Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 7, Only God Forgives, from 2013. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And this episode is brought to you by Pashmina. Oh. It's soft and looks pretty. Usually can be bought for $5 on the street. <laughs> very, very appropriate boyfriend material for this movie, which I did. I don't know if you did what I did. I did a little bit of math conversion of a number that's You didn't introduce Chris or not? What the fuck's going on here? I'm going to. Okay. I was responding to your thing. Okay. But anyway, Jesus Christ. Okay. Returning to the ample bosom that is our podcast for the first time since The Disaster Artist, making his first appearance on Boyfriend Material, we have Chris, quote-unquote, podcasts, Mattiello. Hello, Chris. Hi. Why did you say, quote-unquote, that's my family name, you fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's on your crest, along with, we've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) But, uh, yes, so hi, Chris, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I've been um, a little tired because of, like, a orientation thing for work. I haven't slept a lot, so this was like the perfect movie to get me up and like rejuvenated and excited. Really? No. No, none of that. (laughs) I messaged Joe this morning and I was like, I wonder, because knowing you, we talk about you a little bit, Chris. Oh, okay. Not on the podcast, but in private. Joe and I talk about you. All the time. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's more or less exciting. We talk about how you are very passionate about most things in one way or the other. And I was like, I don't know if Chris is going to love this movie or hate this movie and when you messaged me about how you're like it's still as good as i remember i was like oh fuck yeah yes because i agree yeah i really love this movie i don't think i've seen it since it came out on demand i know me and a couple of friends got really high and watched it which i think was maybe not the appropriate way to watch it for the first time or is definitely the appropriate way to watch it for the first time (laughs) i'm not entirely sure yeah i liked it a lot this time and in doing some just reading about what other people have to say about it I really, really hate like what most other people's opinions on this movie are because they're wrong and bad. So it'll be fun to talk about this. Fair. <laughs> so now, Joe, you had seen this before. Before yes. I say what my history with this film, uh, what did you like it this time around? I watched it the first time around. I didn't really like it yeah. at all. I watched it this time around, knowing like high, like very, very basic structure of the story i liked it a little bit more it's really really pretty it's lost on me man it's cool really yeah it doesn't have enough storyline to drive it and i hate the like lack of dialogue except from fake madonna (laughs) and like it just like it's just yeah it's a little slow for me like it's pretty it's like if old boy was a silent movie or something i i definitely like it i wouldn't say it's bad but i also am not like man i really love this movie so this movie came out five years ago i don't know if it was in i think it was probably in theaters but it wasn't in theaters around here i think it had a very limited release or something so i remember resident historian mike manzi and i went to the movies i don't think we've ever seen movies together in person i don't know if we've seen since i mean aside from like special events at the draft house but like new release movies and we saw monsters university okay and we saw the way way back and i really liked both okay and then i went home and i was like oh shit only god forgives us on itunes i'm gonna buy this movie because you couldn't rent it i was like i'm gonna oh maybe you could but i was like i'm gonna buy this i'm gonna love this movie i love nicholas winding Refn. i love drive i love gosling yeah i am in and i watched it and i was like oh if you're watching this i think for a Gosling movie, you might be disappointed because he's not in it at a ton. No, I think it's great think, as a Gosling movie, actually. You think so? Yeah. He's only got, for sure, 17 lines of dialogue. However, this time I watched it this morning, I fucking loved it. I love this movie. 
I see it as like this metaphor for like this is where you know, this is where you're already gonna lose me. Like when a movie has to be seen as a metaphor for something, you know I'm out. But like Chris, maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree, maybe we'll find out. I see it as like male impotency, inadequacy. Like this whole movie, you know, fake Madonna as you call her, is just shitting on Gosling. Yeah. And like his brother is killed at the beginning of the movie, and the entire movie he's dealing with his dead brother and his mother, and he just is never enough for them. And I just feel it as like this metaphor for like, oh, I'm not good enough to live in this world or whatever. So do either of you watch Rick and Morty by any chance? Yeah. Okay, you know how Joey doesn't, I do, okay. because Well, I don't think this will spoil anything. The third season, um, from a writing standpoint, yeah. was kind of um Dan Harmon's response to the people who look at the character of Rick Sanchez and go, oh, he's a cool guy. Like, they, they're Tyler Durdening him. They're like, he's the, he's the one we're like. He's a cool dude. Not wait, how you're supposed yeah. to read him and be like, he's a piece of shit who's systematically destroying his family. Fair. That is what this movie is, except it's one man's uh, attempt to live in yet escape the toxic masculinity that surrounds them as a direct result of creating the movie Drive and having idiots buy scorpion jackets and completely misunderstand what that movie was about. Yeah, and I think that's probably, as bad as it sounds, what I fell into. Like, I was like, oh, I want Drive 2. I mean, it's not the opposite of Drive 2, but it's, like, pretty close to the opposite of Drive 2. A lot of people wanted Drive 2, and they got a movie that was uh, basically the direct answer of no to people who wanted Drive 2, and that made people... Pretty, pretty, pretty mad. Yeah, in that sense, I can see it, and I and I like that. I, I'm saying it's a standalone movie because, in the same sense, we're coming off watching Lost River as our last Goss movie. Yes, and that is like. Wait, Chris, have you seen Lost River? That uh, Ava Mendez in that one? Yes, it's I Ryan Gosling not. wrote and directed it. Yeah, Melissa really likes that movie, um, but I have not seen it. It's like a, <laughs> it's like if Ryan Gosling wrote and directed the version of Not Drive to himself, <laughs> basically. So it's like a it's like a not as good version of this movie. It's like re- okay. it's the same feel though, like the same structure. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's slow. There's very little dialogue. He tried to make one of these movies and. I was like, oh, God, I really didn't like that one. <laughs> to get to Only God Forgives, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good movie, like, just coming off that. That's how I felt about it. I mean, I don't want to pump the brakes too fast, Go but ahead. we've got to do our first segment. We've got to do Canadian Gods and Laws. Canadian I'm ready. I've already got one queued up. On I want to go first because I want to steal your thunder. Every time I come on one of these cute boy podcasts, there's, like, new games that I have to learn. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, I mean, there's one that we didn't prep you ahead of time. There's one unique to this podcast that I have my answers already. We'll let you go third to think about it if you don't have answers at the ready, but Canadian okay. Goose and the Loose, Canadian Gosling Laws, is just a news roundup of all things Ryan Gosling. So, Joe, hit us with what you got first. Obviously, biggest news. News from today, I think. They're making a Willy Wonka prequel. Yeah. And the t- is it a prequel? Yes. Or is it a reboot? Okay, okay. It's a prequel, it says. The two frontrunners to be Willy Wonka are Gaz and Donald Glover, and both of those Which... sound amazing. I mean, obviously, we're a little slanted, yeah. a little biased here. I want to see Gaz do it, but... Those are two amazing choices. I was a bigger fan of the Twitter suggestion of Janelle Monet. Oh, I'm okay with that too. You guys love these uh, archetypal gender swap roles. Like you Hell guys yeah. like really like switching out. Like every time Mike comes on, he's trying to change out <laughs> like a male character for a female character, cross dress someone. Like I like it. it. It induces a lot of flair into the ideas. But yeah, that that would be cool. Janelle Monae's cool too. I fucking love Janelle Monae. So 
I'm down. I want to take a quick, a quick, just quick detour while we're talking about gender swapping. Uh, Chris's podcast partner Nico was on a very early episode of Watch the Throne. He was on the That Thing You Do episode with me and Mike. Okay. That was when we were playing the recast game, and so That Thing You Do, if you don't remember, people who are listening who haven't heard it, is about a boy band from like the '60s, sort of making it like they have a hit and they get big, and Tom Hanks is their manager, and it's great. It's a lot of fun. We did the recast game where we were like, if we were remaking it today, what would we do? I was super boring, and I recast it all just white dudes including Zeph I think so not terrible Mike added a little bit of color but Nico did this like wonderful melting pot of a band I was like you know uh, Zazie Beats from Atlanta oh. and, like, all these different people and I was just Damn. like oh there's like a different way to play this where it's like yeah, open your mind like, badass people I know I know I know <laughs> but I'm just saying Janelle Monet fits right into that world so I like indirectly or directly Nico's opinions of the world are rubbing off on Chris, and it's a more beautiful, welcoming, accepting place. I like it. The true way to win a game like that is to create a movie that Pindict man-children would get so angry about that they would chase you <laughs> off of social yeah. networking. Yeah, that works yeah. too. Oh, so you, so any other thoughts about uh, Gaz as Willy Wonka, or we're just going to say Janelle Monáe first, then Gaz second? I'm also really cool with Donald Glover as Willy Wonka. I mean... A sexy, pansexual Willy Wonka who fucks the Oompa Loompas? Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to see Gauze do it, because I want to see Gauze do all the dancing. In my head, him and Gene Wilder, like, foot for foot, have to be, like, up there, right? Like, But after watching uh, This Is America, I mean, I think Donald Glover could probably do all the moves, too. So I just never really thought of him as a dancer before, you know? Is Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen too old? Oh. I don't know. I feel like that's... I think that's a good choice. I feel like that's, in a way, sort of an obvious choice. Mm, yeah. did, he, did, the, did the Queen movie ever come out? Is he still in it? No. What was the whole thing? He wasn't it. He, like, left the Queen movie, right? He left it when Queen wanted more storyline and con- creative control, and now yeah. the movie is just about, I think, just about them recording Night at the Opera, and, like, Remy Malek is Freddie Mercury, and there's like, oh, nothing that's right. about that's right. how he was, like, one of the most famous openly queer men, uh, like, at the time, and how he died of AIDS. There's, like, not doing any of that or anything, and People are pretty mad. That's lame. It's gonna be bad. Totally straight washing history. Hell yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. You I think you can straight wash history. I mean it's happening right before our eyes right now. Yeah. There's not a I just looked through my news, there's not a lot of Canadian gods in the laws right now. He's more still, first man stuff. First man stuff. But what? Rare. Tell me. He and Ava Mendez took the kids out for dinner in LA. And they saw them? This they never happens. Them. Okay, tell me. I know. Tell me all about it. Let me see if I can find that uh do 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 yep. Ryan Gosling and Ava Mendes enjoy family dinner with their two daughters in L.A. Where do they go? Do they talk about the restaurant? Wow, they're just like us. Stars, they're just like us. They eat. But what they did, they always do, is they blur the faces of the kids to protect the innocent. Yeah, that's true. They're, like, very protective. I don't know if you know this, Chris, but, like, they're, like, never seen together. They're never seen out. You never see their kids. So it's, like, very rare to get, like, shots of them as opposed to, like, you know, Channing, who's in fucking everything all the time, so. This is kind of cool. It's also kind of a nerdy thing. Gosling's wearing a jacket that says NASA on the back. Like, even when he's not in character, he's in character. Aw, what a cute boy. Okay. But that's it. I, I just looked through all my news, yeah. and I don't have a ton of boyfriend material stuff. I mean, the big thing was... Possible Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah, which would be great. Oh, what I was going to say before is, we're not doing any more podcasts. We're just, when this ends, when Channing ends, we're going to keep doing these two and Zeph as prescribed by doctors when movie, new movies come to theaters. We're just going to stick with Too Fast, Too Forever. But I feel like if we were to start a new one, a new podcast... 
Donald Glover would probably be pretty high on that list. But he's not really in a ton of movies, right? It's like it's more like no, but we stand could, up. We could watch and... Atlanta, and we could watch Atlanta uh, true. Mystery Community, Team. And we could watch yeah. Derek. Yeah, what was the name of that? Was it Mystery Team or whatever? His I uh, love that one. The the web the YouTube one like way back in the day. Derek comedy movie with Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Yep. I remember that being pretty decent. The video where it was like, what was it, like, bro rape or something? Frat rape? Do you remember that one? The whole yeah, skit about... They had a couple yeah. good skits, uh, Derek Yeah, I liked it. But that's it. So, Joe, do you have any other news? Any other Canadian gauze on the lodge? Nope, or are we sort of wrapped? That's all I got. I wanted to put out the big one first because I just wanted to beat you to it. You did. So, mission accomplished. There we go. Mission accomplished. Okay. First man reference. Nice. Truly. First man reference. Okay, so Only God Forgives. This is a movie... It's it's sort of a simple movie, right? Like, it's a guy... I don't even know how to... Exactly. A guy is killed, and then... They, Gaz's they brother is killed. Yeah. Gaz's brother wants to fuck a 14-year-old. Let's start there. Okay, okay so here's the, here's the math Let's that I did. There. He says, I'm looking for a young girl. I want to fuck a 14-year-old. You got a daughter? Bring her in. I'll pay you fifteen thousand baht. What is baht? What is the conversion? What, what do you What do you guys think fifteen thousand baht converts to? Six hundred oh, bucks, U.S. dollars. Six hundred bucks. Bet it's a depressing amount. Take a guess. So Joe says six hundred. This is like a little early letterbox game. Um, okay. I'm gonna say six hundred and one, Bob. No, uh, let's let's go <laughs> with um fifteen hundred. Let's go like a yen esque conversion. Four hundred and seventy dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I was close. I was close. Which, you were close, and Chris is also right. That is a depressing amount of money. Like, hey, let me soil your child's body for less than the price of an Xbox One. Yep. That they probably built, to be honest. <laughs> Bring her away from the factory. I want to fuck her. Yeah, it's just, it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Ugh, like, I don't even know where to go. Like, it just, but that's... Hey, you want drive? Well, good luck. You got a guy who wants to fuck 14-year-olds. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, so we start there, but he he doesn't fuck that guy's daughter. He, like, does he, like, murder a bunch of the strippers in there? The prostitutes? He murders a hooker. Yeah, I think, I think in revenge, he gets a different hooker and then kills her. No, but does he, he, like, breaks into the room with all the hookers there. We don't see kind of what happens, but it felt like he, like, murdered one of them. Like, he ran in and scared them, but I think he might have murdered one of those, them those hookers too well we only see one dead body i think right yes. yeah because later he body. finds one on the street like after he does that gets her like jump jump we're now murdered and she's there yeah and so then the crime boss i just come along the crime boss he's like a retired police chief i think he seems like a like detective cl- to me yeah okay so the, apparently the clothing he's wearing is like traditionally what policemen over there wear after they retire oh okay that's just I like didn't know their that. outfit yeah and so he is seems also sort of like i mean it's the wrong country but he sort of seems like a yakuza boss right like he just seems like he's above the law <sighs> he runs this town it felt the other way to me it felt like he was like head cop like head bad cop like, not like he was involved in the mob at all, to me, to be honest. Okay, well, I saw it, like, because the cops are always around, but the cops are very clearly on his payroll. I just thought he was, like, above the law. That he was, like... I didn't think they were on his know, payroll. I thought that he was, like, he's, like, lead detective, he gets these schlackies with him, and, like, that's how he rolls. I mm-hmm. am on the side of him being a cop. I don't know how much it matters, because pretty much the moment... So this is, like, ten minutes into the movie at this point, when... The brother yeah. has um, raped and murdered a young prostitute. And the moment Chan Chan Chang comes into the movie, w- the movie becomes essentially purely allegorical. Nothing from that point on can be taken literally. It becomes extremely surrealist. Everything is metaphorical. And essentially, he is the titular god of the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. See? Uh, no. To me, that <laughs> I, I mean, I just missed this. So I'm, I'm glad you guys can explain it to me. I just watch it as, like, he comes in and he's 
crime boss that is getting revenge to. Well, that was a thing that I read on IMDb. Like, that's, there's a whole, like, allegory with God, like, man's feudal struggle against, like, a, a mm-hmm. higher power a creator. I think even if you just see it as, like, a, hey, he's head cop or he's crime boss or whatever, and Gosling is literally just a dude who is very clearly not from that area. Like, he is powerless to this guy, whether he is a god or whether he is just, Fair. you know, a powerful man. Fair. Yeah, that's cool. I can see that. Also, all fists, arms, or dicks. There's the, the other the obvious metaphor for you. Anytime someone's making a fist with their hands, it's 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 a penis. Yeah, it's very phallic. <laughs> it's very phallic throughout the movie. We definitely see like a lot of like just crotch shots or like Gauz rubbing his thighs. There's lots of hands for sure. Also, I don't want to say we haven't mentioned yet, we're, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes in the podcast. This movie is gorgeous. Like this movie is more well, I've beautiful said it, than for sure. just about well, I don't think I've said it. I I wanna I wanna make sure like people know like this is stunningly beautiful to look at. It's a movie that I want to fall asleep to a bunch just because it's so pretty. Like, the lighting and the coloring, I feel like they spent all of their emotional budget on that and, like, very little of it on story. Seeing this movie again, the cinematography, the lighting, no spoilers, don't worry, Joey, but I watched the trailer for Suspiria? I, I okay. watched the trailer too, because I've seen the original Suspiria. I mostly listened to it, because my boy Tom York right. did the soundtrack, so I was like, well, I need it to looks, hear the music. That looks like a, an, an A24 quote-unquote prestige horror film. It's gray, it's pretty, it looks more like The Witch than it does Suspiria, and seeing this, and seeing the neon, and seeing the backlighting, and, and the pinks, and the oranges, and, and the vibrant hues, made me kind of wish that they gave Nicholas Winding Refn Suspiria, but then it also made me glad that he just skipped taking the name Suspiria and made Neon Witch, which is uh, you know, basically... Uh, Neon Demon, sorry. Which is basically Suspiria, so... Joe, have you seen Neon Demon? No, I have not. So Neon Demon is a movie that you should see. It's uh, We did it for Keanu Club because Keanu is okay. a hotel manager, which is great. Like, he's on screen for maybe five minutes, but he's great. Okay. Uh, Elle Fanning is the lead. The closing credits to the Neon Demon are more beautiful than like most movies that come out the same year. Like It's wow. just... Okay. He is just he's got this like visual eye this visual palette and like drive is great this movie is it's the same color pattern palette pattern yeah, palette yeah, yeah. as neon demon like it's just it's this neon soaked which like, i love Wonder you know Man, i love that too yeah like i'm a big fan going back to what we were talking about how people expected drive i meant to bring this up and i forgot i think that is the big mistake we talked about that. The big mistake was that people were expecting Drive. This movie, if we're talking about Nicholas Winding Refn, shares a lot more DNA with Valhalla Rising than it does Drive. Drive really is the exception in his filmography. I didn't see Valhalla Rising. I was working my way through his filmography. I did, like, Pusher, and I think maybe Pusher 2, or maybe it was, maybe it's not called Pusher 2. I, maybe it is. I loved what Pusher 2 did to Drake this week. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, he went there. But, like, it, those are very different, too. Like, those are just, like, kind of sort of British crime yeah. movies. Like, to go from where that is to here, it's like a jump, but Valhalla Rising stars uh, Hannibal, right? Mads Mikkelsen? It does. It's about a... I forget if he's a Viking or some other that-time swordsy kind of soldier who's just trying to get home and goes essentially on this surrealist journey. Oh, but all of his movies look like this? Even the early um, ones? This is not as no. neon, but no. it's, it's as introspective and kind of silent, and um, it's very show, don't tell. I think The Hollow Rising, if I'm remembering right, and I'm not going to look it up even though I could look it up, I think they came out like 09-ish, and Drive was like 2011, and this was like 2013. Yeah. And then Neon Demon was like 2016. So I think like his last handful are like this. I think before he was 
definitely more of a quote-unquote regular director, but I love RC Raffin. This is so good. Even Drive is not as neon. Drive is very, like, warm no. and cold. It's it's yes. not uh, it's not a, a neon kind of series. I remember piece, it like, neon. neon. I haven't seen it in a long time, but, like, I still remember it very neon. I mean, it's, like, contemplative, and it's quiet like this. It's a movie that really sort of doesn't, like, you, like Chris was saying, you know, it sort of shows you doesn't tell. Like, there's a lot of silences, and, you know, yeah. in that movie, too, Gosling doesn't say a whole lot, so in that regard, this is sort of Drive 2. There's much more visually at play here. Drive is more of a straightforward, great movie, but, like, it's more of a straightforward movie than this. Makes sense. Just on the on the note of Gauze and Neon, now that we've seen him in both this and Blade Runner, he plays really well in, in like, oh, red so and blue lighting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he just, like, he has, like, a face that's built for it. You know what I mean? It's, like, just chiseled and kind of bearded. Like, he just, like, he just, like, casts really well in shadows. So I was thinking about that the whole time I was watching this movie. Like, damn. And, you know, Joey, we we said it either on the last episode or a couple episodes ago. Like, between these and, you know, I know you don't like it, but La La Land and Song of Song, like, he's just in so many beautiful movies. Like, just the cinematography across the board are just, like man oh man like they're just great and how can you like even pick that as an actor you know what i mean like i guess you can kind of know the directors and shit like that but like you're not going to see like the final cut of the movie in your head you know so like yep they they could have turned out a lot different but he just happens to be in a lot of beautiful movies and he tried to make his own beautiful movie and uh didn't some say it worked some say it didn't (laughs) you know go listen to our episode about uh the lost river where I kind of, by the end, sort of kind of sway Joe to be like, it's not terrible, but still not your cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. His brother dies. The dad, the father of the girl he killed was brought in, right? And he kills the brother. But it's like all sort of orchestrated by the crime boss or by the copper, Cheng, right? Cheng? After he kills the brother, Cheng takes him out and says, like, you shouldn't have let your daughter do this to begin with. You knew what she was doing. Why didn't you stop her? Yeah, and cuts his arm off. So there's, like, this weird, like, you're right, I can see it now that this guy's kind of playing God, right? He, like, let him get his revenge, but he also took revenge on him, and, like, he's kind of orchestrating the whole thing. It's, like, Old Testament God. Like, it's... It's extremely Old Testament God. It's, uh, it's like, yeah, there's gonna be death, there's gonna be blood, there's gonna be, uh, you're not gonna be comfortable. Yeah. And he removes the, the object which was used to create that sin, which in almost every case in this movie is the old, uh, the old grabbers. Yes. Yeah, hands for sure. <laughs> Which are also dicks in many. In oh many well, actually, no. He doesn't kill the dad. He just, just cuts his arm off. Hands. Yeah, yeah. His hand off. Then Gosling kills him. I think off screen because Gosling interrogates him. He's like, "Why did he do that?" But I don't think he actually kills the father. He lets him go. That's the whole. That's the whole problem with the mom. That's the, the tension with um, the mother when she shows. Oh, that up. is it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dopey looking bar manager hires a kid to kill the father and then pays him to leave the city. That's right. Yes. Because uh, when he's talking to his mom, his mom says, don't worry, I'll take care of the yellow bleep technology that killed my son. By the way, for us, Chris probably doesn't know this, but we we had a run in Zack Attack where we got like three or four N-bombs in a row just randomly scattered throughout these movies. Coming also from... in 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 uh, Magic Mike's too. There's been a couple end bombs, like in Havoc and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By like white people. Okay, so yeah. so it's always people like should not be saying it. It's always like very jarring for us to see it. So, but we're like in a string of actors that happen to be yeah. in movies that just have like just like a solid end bomb drop, and then you're just whoa, and like shocks you back into the movie. And it's happened to us way too often in these films. Like we're like maybe like six percent or something. And this time, the very white Kristen Scott Thomas calls the guy who killed her son a yellow bleep that killed my yes. son it's too much for you now get up and kiss your mother and i was like if that's not the most emasculating thing oh for 
sure. she could say. I don't know what is. I mean, she says she has a line later that's worse in content, but it's oh, not yeah. directed at Gosling. It's directed at Mai, and we will get to that line before too long. Yeah. The racism thing is like the laziest way, especially here where we've just had a scene where we show that Chris and Scott Thomas's character is the worst, but also terrifying. Yeah. It's just like unnecessary. Like we get it. We don't need racism coming on. But, but is it real? There. Like, because a lot of the movies we were seeing that I'm like referencing before is like, this just, this comes out of nowhere. In this sense, well, no, this, I can see her feels, saying it. It feels real. It yes. feels real. But I, sure. I do, I get what Chris is saying though, because it's like, it's just like how in a movie, way too many movies use rape as a shortcut for like, oh, right. he's terrible or like, yes. something terrible happened True. to her. I agree. Here, it's just like you drop the end bomb. It's like, oh, that person's a monster. But like, there are more creative ways. And like, you already established her as like a terrible True. person. True. I agree. You don't need to say it, but it's not. I agree. I also agree with you, though, Joe. It's just like it doesn't feel super out, out of place. Character, right. yeah. Here's Michael Myers' backstory. He used to kill dogs when he was a kid. It's like, oh my god, like, homie, homie, we get it. Like, we, <laughs> we, we know what we were signing up for, my man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I get it. Also, in this movie, as this is all going on, as Kristen Scott Thomas is trying to get revenge for her son's murder, Gosling is going to like a brothel, I guess, and yes. not getting touched. He's got his. Very attractive hooker girlfriend who just ties him up and then masturbates, I guess. But while she's doing that, like, she has visions of his future and sees that he's going to get his arms cut off. Like, it's a very strange dreamlike sequence, which I guess is also indicative of, like, the rest of the movie. Like, the whole thing is sort of, like, weird and strange and dreamlike. And surreal, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I was I was confused about this part, too. Like, I couldn't tell, because he's always in this room. Like, even his mom meets him there. So I have a feeling, like, this has to be, like, more like his apartment or something. You think? Because, like, his mom meets him there. Like... Yeah, which is weird. So, like, what is it? His mom just came to the brothel? I mean, well, but, like, a bunch of people meet him there. You know what I mean? So it's like, I felt like it was more like an in-house call girl, and she would come Maybe. over and tie him up and bait in front of him and then like that's what would happen yeah it was it was weird yeah this i I think the visions if they if anyone is having them it's him who is having the visions of of chan coming for him this is essentially how this you know completely crippled broken emasculated character this is how he does the sexing it's it's not a coincidence that his arm is snipped off and spurting blood at the same time that May, yep. uh, you know, climaxes as well. It's not May, it's mine. Ma- oh, yes. She, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was well pulling so I, The only reason I said that, because people are going to think I'm an asshole, but there's a line no, in there's the a line where, yeah, where the mother calls yeah. her May and he's like, it's mine. Yeah. Or she says, it's mine. Here's a question. Great little bit of rebellion. For you, since I imagine that you were all over the IMDb Tribune before this episode. And it's also, this, this movie is really great trivia, but... Go ahead, well, continue. How much older is Kristen Scott Thomas than Ryan Gosling? Gosling? I, I don't know. I'm guessing like, it's okay. not that much. It has to be like and 16 years old. In real life? Yeah, in real life. I'm, I'm guessing they're closer so than... Gosling was born... No, 20, 20 years. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, Because this movie is one of the more obvious allegorical things in this is a guy who kills his dad and wants to fuck his mom and then loses body Oedipus. parts. Like, yeah, it's Oedipal as hell. Yeah. It's, it's a little on the nose even at times. But I also feel like Reffin doesn't care. Like, he doesn't oh, no. care if he's being obvious, because it's, it's, there's, I mean, it's not just, subs- it's not just style over substance, because there is substance, but it's like, it's very clearly like, just, it's like style comes first and then their substance. So do yeah. you know what movie this reminded me of? This reminded me of my favorite movie of last year, uh, Mother, where it is... Ooh, how? Uh, well, it's a largely silent... I also didn't know that, you, that was your favorite movie of last year, but that makes me like you more. <laughs> it's extremely allegorical to and yes. in yes. mm-hmm. response to, I feel like, the the director's other films in a way, as if it like it almost justifies the previous films that he's made, as if you know, they need justification. It's... Uh, it, 
directly kind of attacks the audience. Yeah. It has religious themes, some of which are extremely on the nose, but also tend to be abstract enough that even though, like, you know what it's going for, you can't trace every single line and plot point through it. And also, people hated it because they're stupid. I just didn't get it. There's another movie that I watched, and I didn't get it till the end, and Rachel what, told mother? me. Yeah. I went to oh, 12 years oh. of Catholic school, and I had no idea what was going oh, on. The difference is you're not, you're not standing up at, at cons and, and booing it because... No. First off, if you're... I, I still liked it, and then I liked it even more when yeah. I realized what it was about, but it was like... It was just like... Like, at this point, you have to get booed at cans, I feel like. Like, that is the... Yeah. Like, if not, your movie's probably really fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the one that told you about it because I was like, I was like, yeah, because it's, you know, they're Adam and Eve, and then, you know, Cain and Abel, you're like, oh my god. I'm like, but wait, there's more. And, like, there's just, like, all the different things. No, you told me it, it. and Rachel, like, I, like, told Rachel it, and she was like, yeah, you idiot. Like, that's, it was the whole time. And I was like... Because there's, like, there's, like, three different things. There's, like, the religious thing, or you can see it as, like, an environmental thing. Or it could just be, like, a why dating an artist is the worst idea in the world. But to me, it's a religious movie, and I love it. And also, podcast host on the network, Tobin Addington, who, I don't know if he's going to be on this podcast, but he will be on uh, a very soon episode of Too Fast, Too Forever. Hey, it's that movie. And me and Mike Bansy are like... We're like, oh my god, the movie's great. The movie is great. Look, I'm not saying that you're dumb if you don't like Mother or Only God Forgives. Well, it's the same thing like Spring Breakers. Like, it's a very specific type of person. Like, if you don't like Spring Breakers, like, that says something about you. Like, it's not, you know, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. Yeah, Yeah. get good at watching movies. Like, or just stick with the new Jurassic Park movie, buddy. Like, so then, okay, so here's a question for you. I don't know if I just missed it or what, but after uh, Gosling is emasculated by his mother. Yes. um, First time. The first time. The first time. Okay. In the in the brothel slash hotel brothel yeah, slash yes. apartment. Okay, yeah. and then he has the uh, is in the room as as Mai is masturbating or whatever. Okay, he then goes and just like beats dudes up and like drags that one guy by the upper jaw, which is like the most yes. I have that in my notes. Shot of this like entire drag movie. him by the mouth. I was like, why didn't that guy just bite him? Who are these guys? Other brothel customers, I would assume. Okay, because they're just because because I, I followed everything in the movie. But I don't. I was like, I don't know who these are, and I feel like they're supposed to be important, but I don't know who they are. No, I think that he just like it's just fucking dudes up just because he's like mad at his mom. Like I think that's his like outlet. Okay, it's yeah. it's tough because several of the scenes in the brothel, both this time and the time where he imagines himself fisting her, I guess, kind of. <laughs> he imagines that. <laughs> yeah, because well, that makes a lot the more thing. sense. In between cuts, he's going between wearing a black shirt and a white shirt, so it's not linear. So it's either different times and it's intercutting between them or it's in his head and I think a lot of what goes on in this movie if it's not strictly metaphorical or symbolic is his kind of emasculated like fantasies of what he would do or he would like to do but is incapable of doing so it's tough to say at any point what he is versus what he isn't doing other than probably getting his ass kicked at the end of the movie so it's mm-hmm. almost not worth it to go into that but i i would say that i, I think more, most of the more badass things he does the you know the hammer to the head scene in drive in this movie is probably more like a you know a, a limp a limp dict this is what i would do if i if i had a real fist for a, a donger yeah there is a documentary about wieners there's a, joke. There's a no, lot of those about... actually as well yeah, I don't know why I said no. This almost certainly. Uh, it's called My Life, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Chris, have you seen this or no? No, I have not. Um, Refn is a little bit of a head-in-the-ass kind of guy, even though I like his films. Well, so this is something, it's like, it's barely over an hour long. I remember watching it in an airport. Okay. But it's about, because he brought his wife and his daughter or whoever to 
Thailand or wherever they filmed this. And it's just sort of about how, like, he needs to make this movie and his family is like, yeah, but we don't, like, we don't, we don't get, like, why, why are we here, essentially? It's just like, it's, it's almost like he, what he's going through in his life is very directly related to on screen. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's all like, this is what he mm, was dealing that's with. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, at that point. As much of a uh, head up his butt as he might be, I've met him twice, both in Austin. Once he signed a book, I've, I bought a very expensive book that he put together, and he signed that. But the second time, and I told the story on Keanu Club, when I saw the Neon Demon, they had a Q&A afterwards, and no one asked the question I wanted to ask, and I was like, hey, why is Keanu Reeves, like, how is Keanu Reeves in this movie? And then Tim League, the maybe sort of disgraced CEO of the Draft House, was like, thank you, that's the question I've been waiting for, and he was just like buddies with Keanu Reeves, was going to make a movie starring Keanu, that fell through, and then just like called Keanu, was like, hey, you want to come be in the movie for like a week? And he's like, yeah. Great question, great answer, I think. And I got a signed copy of the Neon Demon soundtrack, by, signed Ooh. by both Nicholas Winding Refn and Cliff Martinez. So, who also around. crushes Great the soundtrack, night. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. This one's really good. I, now, I wanted the soundtrack to be more drivey. Like, this one was good, and it fit the, the setting better, but I still wanted it to be more drivey, and it doesn't get drivey until the fight scene. And that's what I was, like, hoping for. I was, like, I like the soundtrack. I wanted something different. I think what's there works but I still wanted something different. I think the soundtrack is great. Cliff Martinez also did a bunch of soundtracks for Soderbergh movies. So, like, I, you know, when we did that for Cinemakers, cool. Like, he's just got a style and he's got a tone to it. And I think it just, it works for this movie. I think it works for what Refn does. I think it's just, it's just great. Like, it's, it's man, I, I love it in this movie. I, I wrote down, we're, we're the scene where I wrote down, Gaza's eyes are the bluest blue. Did you notice, yes, Joe, at any one point? I absolutely noticed. He's, like, wearing a white shirt. The, the lighting's, like, pretty, like, um... The, the lighting is blue. The lighting is blue, but it's, like, a light fluorescent blue. Yep. And it, he just pops. His eyes were the and bluest blue. I wrote down blue. 35, 25 into the movie. His eyes are the bluest blue blue yep. i was like because that's something chris you might not know 14 year old girls write trivia on imdb that's basically about zach efron <laughs> his eyes are the bluest blue uh and so we sort of adopted that because zach efron does have the bluest of blue eyes but in this movie gosling gives him a run for his money yeah so like all the trivia on the early zach efron movies was just like zach efron is really hot in this movie i like that you attribute that to 14 year old girls and not grown men with zach efron podcasts hey man we hey. just read that we just read the trivia we're not above <laughs> reading the trivia but we have I'm not, not i'm not sitting there know, typing it Okay. <laughs> we have not submitted trivia. Maybe we okay, should. I believe you. Who, who was I talking to? Some Oh, my one friend thinks that, like, he sort of hopes that Nicolas Cage does something terrible because, like, on the list of experts to talk about Nicolas Cage, like, we're probably pretty high up there, like Mike and me. So, like, you know, I was just saying also the same thing. Like, if something happens to Zac Efron, like, you search Zac Efron podcast, Zac Attack is the first thing you find. Yeah. So, like, if they need experts who have seen the Derby Stallion like, and when, Miracle when CNN, Run. When CNN, like, finds him <laughs> OD'd, they're going to be like, we're going to call on our Zac Efron expert. Experts, yeah, like these two guys. That's that. Um, okay, so then we're at the part in the movie where Gosling says to Mai, I want you to meet my mother. Pretend we're a couple. Can you do that? Yes. And then they go, and she looks beautiful. This is a, a gorgeous scene. They're like at the restaurant. It's yep. like a very proper restaurant. You have wine, white wine glass, red wine glass, water glass, every possible utensil, like plate salad plate everything stacked it's yep. beautiful and now that you guys brought up the allegorical thing it's very like last supper right she like she's in the middle yeah. it's like all sitting on one side and maya's there and Maya looks beautiful yep kristen scott thomas says what do you do and she says i'm an entertainer to which kristen scott thomas replies 
and tell me how many cocks can you entertain with that cute little cum dumpster of yours. Which I don't think is the appropriate way to use that term. Like, if I would have said that well, in a phrase... it is, but there's... Here, here I'm going to turn you around on this phrase. Okay. Because, according to a Q&A, the infamous insult cum dumpster was added after Refn late one night asked Ryan Gosling to come up with a list of the most vile words you could say to a woman. That word was at the top of his list. Cum dumpster? Really? That's what Gosling thinks is the most offensive thing you could say to a woman? I mean, it's pretty bad. Wow. I thought that's just how my mother greeted my girlfriends. Whoa. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, this scene was fine to me. I feel like, Joe, we spent so many episodes of Zack Attack, like, oh, Zac Efron, you know, did that, like, Baywatch. He's like, all those nicknames, or what, like, they're all, like, kind of cool, but also kind of dumb. Like, I think this is, like, Oh, that's where Gosling's mind goes. Okay. No, I think it's the opposite way because, like, I think Cum Dumpster is so just overtly vulgar, it's funny. But I can't tell if it's just me. Like, I get saying it to a woman in a, in a harsh tone could be very offensive. But, like, I still kind of chuckle at it. Well, just think about it like you are a person. Yeah. Just like a human being meeting presumably one of your most popular Johns, even though they're not in a relationship, like you're close with this guy and his mother the first thing she says to you is she calls your vagina a cum dumpster was it but she should have referenced her mouth oh who's to say really i guess who can yes i was more hung up on the syntax it is strange but it's also uh it's it's a scene that i'm not gonna forget no definitely not then the mom orders for all three of them and the way she condescendingly says and she'll have a salad dressing on the side it's just like all right like that's exactly dressing her down but then, to sort of complete the trifecta of insults here, she's saying, just sort of to no one, because no one wants to hear this, talking about Gosling's brother, Billy being older and with the bigger cock, Julian's, Gosling, Julian's was never small, but Billy's, well, it was enormous. And how can you compete with that? And it's like, wow. So she just took, she took, she took my down, and now she's taking Julian down. Like, how much does she hate her life that she's doing this? A lot. It's... One of the more uncomfortable scenes I've seen in a very long time. I liked it for that reason. Yeah. It was, oh, like, yeah. raw. She, Kristen yeah. Scott Thomas is so frigging good in this movie, and I think the fact that people wanted to hate this movie so bad means that an incredible performance has kind of been forgotten. Uh, and she's so yep. good. She's so good top to bottom in this movie. People really wanted to hate this movie? Well, they wanted Drive 2, and they didn't get it. So they were mad. This is this is like Letterboxd porn to the core, is what we're this We're going to find out. I don't actually don't know what the average score on Letterboxd is. I know that the people that I follow on Letterboxd ranged in giving the score between one and a half and five stars. So, like, there's a there's a swath of responses. So we will get to that game. There when we is that game some incredible in stupidity bit. on Letterboxd about this movie. There sure is. Then we have what I'm going to say might come back later in the episode when we get to our game. We have, as they're walking away, Ugh. Gosling and Meyer talking, and she says, why do you let him treat you like that? Why do you let her treat you like that? And Gosling says, because she's my mother. And then, like, slams my up against the wall. Don't talk about my mother like that. Yeah. And then demands the dress back, and then she like, doesn't know. And we get Joe, we get a classic Gosling freakout where he says, he, you gotta scream, we gotta Take scream. Take it off! Yeah. It's a combination of... It's really just like a level of anger that is maybe the scariest thing in this entire movie. No. I think the mom's way scarier. No, but like... Because I was waiting for a Gosling freak out. We've gotten so many of them now. They like to interject yep. them into movies. I was I was ready for it. It wasn't surprising to me. And he's immediately remorseful. Like, he knows that that is so out of character for him. He knows that he's dipping into that, um, that toxic masculinity that he is 
really attempting to get out of the the world of. It's kind of the beginning of the end for his character. Uh, he'll kind of slip into self-destruction at this point. Like, this is a, a major... Mm, if there's a turning point for this character, I would say this is it. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think it's also the first time that we've seen his mother get to him, right? Like, it's clear that they do not get along, but it feels like up to this point, he might have just been able to sort of ignore her, or at least not lash out on the people he cares about. And this is like a reversal of that. This movie is what happens if Buster Bluth starts lifting weights. Straight, <laughs> straight down to the I hand. I was just watching Arrested Development after I finished this oh, movie. Man. Oh my god. With the big That's hand? Great. <laughs> So then we have it's a woman it's a it's a hired hitman from Chris Scott Thomas who goes to try to take out Chang Fail. Two guys. It was like three. It was like three. This is the one they do it in the coffee shop yeah. or restaurant. Yes. Yeah. But there's the one guy in particular. Actually this is this is a scene where they break the glass there. And apparently they didn't, like, this is part of the documentary, like, they didn't get it, and they had to, like, redo that, and that glass was, like, obscenely expensive, and, like, Winding Reference was just, like... <gasps> what glass? Like, he was the just, glass like, in the... In the sh- like, in that shootout, I think there's, like, a huge pane of glass that, like, shatters, and apparently, like, I don't know if, like, the cameraman fucked up, or, like, they just, like, something else went wrong, but they, like, reset from the top, and, like... It was just not good. So I, re- I remember that. Like, I don't remember a ton about the documentary, but I remember his, like, absolute disappointment because it was, like, four in the morning. It was super expensive. They, like, reset everything. And just because someone messed up, it was just, ugh. That sucks. I believe this is yeah. the the chase after this is the second time that Chang seemingly teleports. What was the first time? I feel like he does it when... Maybe this hasn't happened yet, actually. He does it when uh, Gosling's character is tailing him as well. Hmm. I'm trying to think, because I feel like there's two different... Because, like, I don't I don't think Gosling and him have really faced off yet. There's one point, like, they sort of, like, pass each other, like, ships passing in the night. But here, you know, he's chasing the guy, and then all of a sudden he's in front of him. And not only in front of him, but, like, next to that boiling pan of hot oil yes. that he throws the guy's face and then beats it, the shit that, out that of him. That segment is yes. edited superbly and is, I mean, in my opinion, actually pretty dang funny, too. Yeah. As soon as I saw the hot oil, I was like, oh, he's gonna get oiled, he's gonna get oiled. Like, you know, you see it, like, cooking, and they it almost, like, it almost takes you to, like, oh, they got away and this is, like, a different shot, and it's, like, nope, oiled. And just burns the shit out of that dude. Yeah. But what's kind of even scarier about Chang is that not only is he ruthless in the way that he uses the oil, but he keeps the guy alive to bring him to the guy who hired him. Yep. Who's just basically like a single dad with like a four-year-old kid. And the dad's like, what does the dad say? He says, I'm not afraid to face the consequences. I'm just asking, spare my son. And then in front of the kid, Chang slices him open from like basically tip to taint, just like like yeah. up the chest and it's just he slices gruesome. open the would-be yeah. assassin not the dad he spares he spares the dad no the dad? No, no, no no yeah yes he definitely spares no the dad. it looks it looked to me no. like they don't show you it he kills the assassin first but they like cut away and it leads you to believe that he kills the dad i did not interpret it that way but okay either way he, he kills somebody in a gruesome way and then how do you follow that up a little bit of karaoke oh yeah yeah and then they cut back to these singing scenes which is yeah. very reminiscent of Lost River. We're having all these singing scenes, and it's like, Gosling, make your own fucking movie. <laughs> and that's to me... <laughs> Which you doing, That to me kind of registers as almost... Because there's always people, specifically cops, I believe, like watching him and admiring him doing the karaoke. So that 
that to me feels like you know deity worship. Oh, okay. I didn't see that, but I can get it now. Yeah. It also, I mean, that's also I think reinforced by when he gets off stage and there's like that white guy there who I don't remember how how does he fit he in here. Is um he's part of he's the just, he's part of the yeah, mom's he's doing crew. A coke deal with the is, with the mom, but I don't remember exactly how he fits okay. in. Oh, does see this is why I think he keeps the dad alive because I think that dad hired was hired through this guy and that's how he finds him. Okay. Okay. But he gets here and again, the, sort of going back to the deity worship, this is what I was sort of trying to link to, and I'm not sure if it exactly is. Oh, yeah. But he's got such control and command where he's like, girls, mm-hmm. keep your eyes closed. Guys, take a good look. And he jams two metal rods to the guy's forearms. This is the one, I think, I think this might have been the guy who, like, Chris and Scott Thomas went to first, maybe? And he's the one who hired everybody? Like, I think, like, it keeps going, like, yeah. one of the food chain, right? Like, I feel like yeah. we're at, like, like, the second step. Like, the only one above right. this is Chris and Scott Thomas. He jams the two rods through his forearms, then two rods into his thighs. Yep. Then he takes a fruit knife and slices his eyes, and we see it all, from bottom to top. And then he takes an ice pick and he says, you have an opportunity here, but you're stubborn. You don't listen. If you don't want to listen, then stop listening and jams it in the guy's ear. In his head, too. He got him in the head first. Poor guy. It's Yeah, that's pretty I may gruesome. be stepping Woo! on... Um, Maybe not on this podcast, but um, other Cage Club guests. John Brooks, I may be stepping on his toes a little bit here, and I apologize if this is extremely off if he's listening to this. Uh, It reminded me a little bit of Lot's Wife, where God is like, do not look back at the destruction I'm about to lay out, and should you, like, you will be turned into this pillar of salt. And just, like, you can imagine that these these women and these these people at this bar knew that if they did not obey, what they are hearing would happen to them, too, or worse. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. Very like like you said before, uh, Old Testament God, and I mean, just I I love every time he just pulls his little sword out of nowhere. Like he's clearly never wearing like, but it's always on his back. He's yeah. never wearing, it, yeah. but it's always on his back. It's just always he can just always produce it. It's yep. so it's so good, and for such like a little old man, he's incredibly intimidating. And yes. that's oh, that's a testament to the way he's shot and the way he's directed. I and, absolutely agree. It's not something that I had in the top of my mind, but now that you said it, like for him being like a small unintimidating looking man when he's like in his house or with his daughter he's also fucking scary when you see him like in the street so I also think that there's part like I think a part of why he's intimidating is just because he doesn't look intimidating like I think there's something about the absolute reversal that you're like he's almost so unassuming that like you feel like there's gotta be something off with him you know what I mean like it's just it's not only the way that he's shot and the way that he acts but it's just like oh he looks like too kind, sort of, in a, in, a, in a weird way. Yeah. But I think this might be the first time, it's like a little over an hour in, that Gosling meets him and he just says, want to fight? How do they meet each other? I kind of miss it. What, what happens that they, how does he run into him? Earlier in the movie, I think he's just leaving a place and Gosling is there or something. Like, they just sort of... No, but I mean, at this point, when he, like, asks him when he wants to fight, like, when like when he's like, you want to fight, how does he get there? Does the mom... I think the mom, like, had threatened him, and I think this is his response to the mom being, like, your brother would have killed this guy, but, like, you're a little dick bastard, and then he goes there and, like, looks for him, I guess? I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of... Like, the movie's missing, like, connective tissue, and I don't mind that it's missing it. I just don't know how to explain... How okay. we get from point A to point B. I also feel like maybe word got back to her that her number one guy or whatever was just murdered, and she's like, "Julian, you need to go do something about this." Now. That's right. She asked him. She asked him. She says, "Like one last time, can you save me?" After your dad, I said I'd never do it again, but can you just please, like, I want to live. Yep. 
Okay, that's what it was, yep. I think when they lock eyes, I believe it's after Chang is doing karaoke, so it's not like that guy has made a secret of where he does that, so... Right, um, yeah. I, you know, he could have just gone there. Makes sense. So Gosling asks him, want to fight? And then we cut to what I can only describe as the Stranger Things theme? Yes. It's exactly what I wanted. That's like a very drivey type song, very Stranger yep. Things. It's like... Yeah. And what's kind of amazing about this is that Ryan Gosling, he underwent heavy Muay Thai training for this role. Like, he lost all this weight. He got in super great shape. He spent, like, four days a week for, like, months at the gym. And this is, like, the only fight he's in, and he doesn't land a single punch. Yeah, he like, That's, like, dedication kicked. to a craft that works because he looks legit, but it's also, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't look, like, he's not even given a chance to look cool. Like, he looks cool before they start fighting, and then, like, he's so easily outclassed by this guy who's probably twice his age. I think it's kind of cool that he's willing to sort of, like, make himself look as impotent and as ineffective as he is in the scene. That is Ryan Gosling grifting Nicholas Winding Refn out of a bunch of money. <laughs> like, Nick, <laughs> Nick, I really need some Muay Thai training for this I really want to get in good shape. Yeah, I need to know how to throw a knee and miss correctly. I'd like to know how to really get my elbows into my swings, um, but you're not going to land. No, no, but I just, I think it would be good for the movie. It'll look more real. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like Jesse Eisenberg learning sleight of hand for that fucking magician movie he's in. Where he just now you see me is a pretty okay movie. I, I like now you see me, but it's fun. It's fun. I like it. It's the fun. The second one's fun too. Yeah, that movie. I've never seen it, but it looks exactly like the kind of movie that I feel like I would get stuck watching on a plane. Oh, it's a perfect plane movie. Oh, it's a perfect okay. plane movie. It's just fun, man. Like, you can't hate it if you haven't seen it. If you see it's it... It's one of my favorite movies that I've seen and then forgot all of it immediately. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so same. Saying, like, same, Joey. We went to watch the second one, and I was like, I don't remember anything that happened in the first one. Rachel's like, same. <laughs> and then we rewatched it again, and we were like, this was a great movie again! But then, but then like, there's, like, the scene where they're, like, trying to get that one, like, computer chip out of that safe room, and they're, like, throwing don't, cards around. I don't like, know what you're talking like, about. <laughs> I already don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I totally don't remember it at all. Fair. But Fair. if uh, if if Jesse Eisenberg was like director, um, just like hook me up with like like send me to go like hang out with Ricky Jay for three days and like learn sleight of hand. You'd be like, no, what are you, what are you doing? Like you're not you don't need yeah. to do that for this movie. It's like Ryan Gosling really probably didn't need to do any Muay Thai for this movie. But as cool he as did. it is. It looks cool. I have a question for you guys. So while they're fighting, there's cops looking on. There's also that statue. I'm assuming, and this is a question, is that statue supposed to be Chang when he was younger? Oh, I didn't even um, think about it. Like, it doesn't. I don't think it matters, but I was like, why do they keep... Because Refn keeps cutting back to it. Because the statue is basically of Ty Rocky. Like, it's just some, like, great fighter, like, immortalized in bronze. And it feels like they're cutting from this guy kicking Gosling's ass the statue is like oh it feels like maybe that statue's him yeah i think i think that's a fair interpretation of it being like um an idol of what he represents absolutely much like there would be like uh statues of of greek gods maybe not necessarily exactly as their avatar as like a symbol of it i think i think that's 100 yep. percent intended yes cool yeah, I can. See I read it. the movie right. Yeah, I think you might have. I I missed it. I'm dude. I get caught up in when these movies are too beautiful. Like I just totally lose a lot of the no, other shit. And, like I think I don't think that's like a wrong way to watch. Like if you're as long as you're appreciating it. Like even if you don't love it. Like the fact that yeah. you're able to watch it and like you know soak in the colors. It just yeah yeah. No, I paid attention. I just miss a lot of shit. And like if they don't spoon feed it to me, and then like you guys are like, what about like the statue? Does it mean something? I'm like, I saw it, but I don't remember what the fuck was going on. So. It's fair, it's fair, it's fair. He's also emasculated in front of, just to add, uh, the mother and May, my, 
are both in the room at certain points and are yes. witness to his absolute destruction. Yeah. It reminded yes. me of the great CM Punk line, when you step in this ring, you will realize that your arms are too short to box with God. Um, <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. A little wrestling reference. Hell I yeah. dig it. Then we get, I think, the last time in the movie that Gosling is emasculated by his mother, who says to him, when I was pregnant with you, it was strange, you were different, they wanted me to terminate. I don't know who they is, but they wanted me to terminate. I wouldn't, I don't understand you, and I never will. And she basically tells him, hey, go kill everyone who might have had something to do with killing my son also you missed like the whole okay so that so she's she does that now he like is gonna go try to kill this guy yeah okay sorry i, I misplaced the things she he boxes him first then this happens yeah. yes and she asks him to save her the guy shows up like we do like a, you know like a changing places right we're like yep goss is at it at chang's house but chang is is with his mom and his mom right. just like totally gives up gosling like, she's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was him the whole time, he's a little fuck, I don't talk to that kid, fuck him. But I also think it's clear that, like, she does not love him, she does not care for him. No. He's just there. He's a he's an object for her to use. Yeah. He's their Fredo, essentially. They just... He, he's, good point, he's yeah. He's like, I knew it was you. Yeah, he's not good. He doesn't want... The only difference is Fredo, like, he's like, oh, I, I could do it, Michael, tell me about the rabbits again. Gosling, like, doesn't... The whole point is that he doesn't want to do any of this, but is doing it out of his inability to act and his uh, weird creepo uh, relationship to his family. The fact that he even makes this move is, frankly, a massive step, and that could probably have only happened if he had gotten his ass kicked, which is essentially asking for forgiveness from God. Uh, it's, 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 it's a title yeah. thing. It's when, it's when they say, it's the moment in the movie when they say the title to the audience. Yeah. yeah. And by this point, the audience was like flipping middle fingers off and like, I don't like this movie. Oh no, I'm still in it. I'm still in I it. I know. I mean, I believe me, Chris and I are still firmly in it too. Okay. So, yeah. You know, I was, I was pretty sure that when I was rewatching it, that I would not like it as, as much as I remembered. And, uh, I'm pretty, I'm glad that I was wrong about that. This was one of the ones that was on a short list of movies for me that I was like, I don't think I like this movie, but I really probably do. And it's just like there's like a, like a list of movies, and I'm like, I probably should rewatch this. And they're almost all like, oh yeah, no, I love this. Like, it just caught me on a weird day or whatever. I was watching it for the wrong reason or the wrong way or whatever. So we cut. So Gosling and his friend are killing Chang's people, and then Gosling kills the guy he was with. Because the kid, because the guy that Ch- that Gosling is with says, we're, who's going to kill the kid? And Gosling's like, no, we're not killing the kid. We're only trying to kill Chang. And he's like, yep. no, your mom said kill everyone. And he's like, damn right. it, mom, again. So the guy kills the kid, but then he kills the guy, right? Uh, is that what happens? No, mom. I think he's walking to kill the kid. The last shot is of Gosling passing her door, like her room's door. And you see him standing there shooting the other guy. He kills the babysitter, but he doesn't get to kill the child because Gosling stops him and kills him. Yeah, okay. oh, it's, it's that's what I think. Okay. That actually least. it makes more sense if it's a babysitter. Okay, yeah, that is that is also how I interpreted that. And meanwhile, Chang is with Kristen Scott Thomas, and he kills her with his sword that is again always on him or whatever. Yeah, and then Gosling finds her and then further opens her stomach to basically feel her womb or feel inside her and like very literally like returning to the source yeah penetrating his mother yeah however you want to say this like it is it's not it's probably not his uh, best moment no it's, it's actually not too graphic for what happens right to be honest they do it kind of gently which I was like oh wow this could have been way oh, worse oh yeah I actually think her getting stabbed in the neck is far more visceral than, than the scene is. Maybe yeah. it's just yeah. the lighting because that happens in like broad daylight. And this is sort of yeah. dimly lit and it's, it's almost sort of loving in a way. Like, I mean, it's not, but it's sort of. Yeah, loving. I get it. Yeah. 
It's just the way they cat, like the way they they shoot it. They did a pretty good job. And with that. he does it with Chang's sword, which I'm I'm sure has meaning, though um, that was slightly lost on me. Um, other than just to give him a <laughs> something he can use to open her up further. Yeah, peace of the gods. And then I guess now that everything is wrapped is up, done, yeah. essentially, um, Gosling meets up with Chang again, and we don't see it, but he gets uh, his dick cut off in the form of both arms. There was apparently a scene in the screenplay, or an early version of the screenplay, where Mai is feeding him pudding to, to an armless Gosling, but that's cereal in the movie. Feeding him cereal? No, pudding. It was Unfortunately, it was boyfriend Ma pudding. Oh, So damn. I, I okay. like that that has been cut from the film because again to add you don't to, need it yeah you don't need it and to add to the fact that you don't really know what's real and what's symbolic and what is in his head i don't think them suddenly appearing in this beautiful forest when the entire rest of the movie has taken place in this kind of grimy cityscape yep. for for this ceremony where he offers up his arms i don't th- i think that is symbolic i think that is in his head i think he's asked forgiveness and has received it and in his mind, he's still, he's just still kind of, it's kind of like when people flog themselves Penance? for God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think he still craves that somewhat. And to give him that ending where he has regained some of that manhood to see it, I think fails what the movie is going for. I just had, I just had a crazy thought and I want to run it, run this by you guys. Hell yeah. What if, cha- because of all the weird surrealism yep. and all the flash forwards and flashbacks and stuff, yep. what if Chang is just an imagination of Gosling's and it's his it's his out of his family and he's just like answering to his own conscience I like it in some ways I'd, I'd still do think that yeah I mean I don't I don't think that's wrong it, it's kind of however you decide to it's like the atheist reading of it kind of I like it you know like Chang never really existed but no I'm saying Chang never really existed like he killed his own brother after he right. found him and then his mother tried to kill him he killed his mother yeah, yeah, like um, all of yeah, these things. Back. Yep, I like it. Makes sense. I just thought. See, of Joe, that. you get this whole film criticism thing. I do. No, I just like, but like, I don't get it in the moment. I need to like talk about it with you guys afterwards. Otherwise, well, like, that's why that's why these podcasts are so valuable to me. Yeah, to just, just no, but I, I really, I really do like, not to, not to shoot our own horn because like it's not like we invented this, but like I do think that talking about a movie for an hour or more is a good way to remember it and actually think about it as opposed to like, oh, that was pretty. You yeah, know I mean? and even if like you and I see a movie and we're not doing it for this. We talk about it. We're like, "Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. I hated it. Okay, cool." And then that's it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. One of the it's a much different experience. One of the only reasons I don't like going to the movies alone is because after I see a movie, I just I need no matter how shitty it is or how great it is, I need to like talk out my feelings about it. So same, yeah. I I always go with at least Rachel so that I can be like, "Oh, like I like this. I didn't like this. This part annoyed me and stuff like that." Yep. I have a bunch of trivia about this movie. Do you, either of you have any notes about the movie that we did not cover yet? Because that is the we went perfectly I mean, through no i would think we went perfectly through it it's also another thing i was saying to joe this morning chris is that this is a beautiful 89 minutes not uh, long love it. does not overstay oh. its welcome we've been doing it's, a lot of so long nice. ass gosling movies joey knows how i feel about movies that are longer than star wars they, they need to earn that run length yes oh actually speaking of run lengths and speaking of ryan gosling demi adigwebe who is a very funny comedian he's also like a writer he has a youtube channel he did all those chris you might not you you might know he um, did the ready the, player one song not to bring yes. that up again he did the ready player one song he also did all the like will smith raps like the yeah. arrival oh, cool. closing theme i just started following him on letterbox he's so good he put together the it's like basically a 
a commercial for boyfriend uh, for uh, not for boyfriend. <laughs> for if you boyfriend put one together, you wish. Hell us. yeah, he put one together for Blade Runner, and all of the pull quotes are just critics saying it's longer than Avatar. This movie's so yeah. long, <laughs> and it's just like, and then longest runtime in history. <laughs> yep. Okay, so here is some trivia that we did not get to. Cheng's outfit in the movie is what retired cops in Thailand wear. Thanks. Refin directed Chang by whispering into his ear, quote, you are God. Okay. Well, I guess that's, that settles know. that. Yeah, yep. fair. Uh, Refin got the idea for the film while his wife was pregnant with their second daughter. He was very existentialistic. He felt very existentialistic and felt he had much anger and violence in him and Ooh. did not know how to let it out. Suddenly, he had the idea that the definite person to hold all the answers to existential questions and life's problem was God, and he imagined himself having a physical fight with God. So that's like a feeling inadequate, can't express yourself, might as well go beat up God or try to beat up God, even though God is going to beat you down every time. Fair. I guess that would make some sense as to why he dragged his family to Thailand to make this movie if, like, he felt... If he felt like they were, were what was causing him to yep. be, you know, a weakened, emasculated version of himself, it's like, you know, you have to, you have to come with me to, to, so I can work on this film. No, no, I can't tell you why. Uh, you're, you know, you're just like my, my inspiration. Yeah. You're like, my family is my muse. No, don't watch the movie when it comes out. Trust <laughs> me. Speaking of his family, he said his approach to the movie changed when his daughter saw a ghost in her room in Thailand. He said that in the West, they'd have him locked up. He said there was a ghost. But the Orient, they called a shaman to make the spirit go away. He claimed that the experience made him realize that spirituality had another meaning in Asia, and he wanted to make a movie Hmm. with that kind of mysticism. So I like that he's not only, you know, in the Christian Judeo form of God, but he's also taking in Asian influences and, like, just spirituality and religion as a whole. That is a major... Thing that I was thinking of when I was watching the movie and applying all of those, you know, kind of Old Testament God, Judeo-Christian, yep. which is made up thing anyway, um, ideas to the the film. I, I was wondering if I was missing some sort of Asian like influence. Asian influence or Asian religious kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. This is a cool bit of trivia that goes back to something Chris was saying before that apparently Refn has hinted that One Eye, who is Mads Mikkelsen from Valhalla Rising, might appear in this film as a new reincarnation. He's hinted that it might be Chang. So saying that, you know, Mads Mikkelsen, that movie might have been reincarnated as God in this movie. Oh. The Nicholas Winding Refn connected universe is off to a great start. The Refn-verse. Crystal, Chris and Scott Thomas, is modeled after Shakespeare character Lady Macbeth and fashion designer Donatella Versace. So tragic, but looking good doing it. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Chang is Thai for elephant, which is considered a sacred animal in Thailand due to his place in Buddhist mythology and possibly being the father of Buddha itself. What was that? It was like a sequel to Ong Bak, but it wasn't Ong Bak, where Tony Jaa beats up a bunch of people to save an elephant. Not the Grandmaster. I don't know. That's that's a fun movie. I just that just reminded me of that. There's a there's a real crossover between those kind of movies and the fast the Fastiverse. There was Tony Jaa was in a Fast and Furious yep. movie, and there was the lead guy from The Raid was in a Fast and Furious movie. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Joe, you need to see these movies. Yeah. The fight scene between Chang and Julian turned out differently in an earlier version of the script. Chang and Julian wore traditional clothes. And before fighting, they both performed a traditional dance, which I still, th- I still think that Gosling kind of does, where he, like, slowly rolls up his sleeves and, like, puts his arm dicks no, out there. No, like, this sort was of... way more Bruce Lee than it was, like, traditional dance. True. But at some point, the fight, Julian was winning until Cheng says, I forgive you, and then ends up beating Julian. So I guess that's, you know, only God forgives. Maybe that's a little bit too literal, but... yeah. Yeah. In the earlier version of the screenplay, Chang didn't use a sword. He just used anything that was in his reach. But I do like, like, him using the frying pan is cool. But I like that that sword, like you were saying earlier, Chris, is just always there because it's badass. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 
it's a symbol of of like a deity like a lot of yep. greek gods had their their weapons or it even even just death like with the the scythe it's I, I yep, like it a lot. Yep. I like that a lot more than him just like grabbing a cleaver and taking someone's arm dick. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. I like the one the one weapon thing. Yep. The film cinematographer Larry Smith said nearly the entire film, this is crazy, was shot with practical lighting, and only one or two scenes were lit with traditional movie lights. So the fact that this is all just as it looks over there is crazy to me. That really? That is nuts. I almost don't believe it though. <laughs> like it's, I just, I can't. No, I spent time in Tokyo. Like it. it like you can find spots like that, but they must have done a lot of digging to like find places that you could shoot that look like that. You know what I mean? I mean like, I'm sure that they're also like fucking with the contrast after it's done. You know what I mean? Like true. just yeah. sort of after effects, but still. Because Gosling is so blue or so red throughout this movie. Yep. Like, yeah, I yep. get it. According to Ref in the film, is, th- is a thriller produced as a western, all in the Far East with a modern cowboy hero. I guess this is a Gosling western. Sure. It yeah. Is so okay. Here's another thing that I was thinking of while watching the movie. Is this a movie where Chang is secretly the protagonist? So, like, is Refn referring to Gosling or Chang? As the cowboy? Yeah. Probably Gosling. I would say probably Chang. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Because the cowboy is the one that just goes around just killing everyone, just, like, laying down the law, man. Well, I think it's also maybe maybe they're both cowboys. Maybe it's, you know, yeah. light hat, dark hat. Oh, okay. Fair. It's like, um... If you've ever seen Outlaw Josie Wales, I yes. guess what I, that's yep. what I think of him just kind of being this this inhuman thing that comes comes to town and fucks shit up. Yep. I can I can see it. This is a little bit of uh, important trivia for us, Joe. Luke Evans, a.k.a. Shaw Ooh. from Fast and Furious, was originally cast in the lead role but dropped out to due to scheduling conflicts with The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. Gosling replaced him. Yeah, this would have been a completely different movie without Gosling, to be honest. So Yeah, the protagonist was originally British and then rewritten as American, which I'm assuming happened when Luke Evans dropped out and Gosling stepped in. <laughs> Probably. This goes into what Chris was saying before, I think, in terms of, like, head up the zone. But according to, an, in, a, in an interview with director William Friedkin, Nicholas Winding Refn mentioned that he considers this film to be a masterpiece. Friedkin proceeded Relax, to ask for an ambulance for Refn and berate him. Relax, Kanye. That's a really fun interview if you've never seen it. I do think that, from what I remember, I think they are kind of taking the piss at that point in the interview, and there's kind of they're kind of goofing off because they have a very cordial, friendly interview. If you've ever seen um, Jodorowsky's Dune, it is like Refn loves just talking to people who know shit about directing and about movies, and it is a very reverential discussion so if i remember correctly i do think he is taking the piss at okay. that point but that's good it is still a funny idea of, of, of this yeah also speaking of yodorowsky this is the second movie that when uh refin has dedicated to him so mm. i guess they're just buds or whatever it was ryan gosling's idea to open the stomach of julian's dead mother he had it after refin asked him if he'd rather smile or cry after his mom died he replied he'd open her uterus to see what's inside. Like, we are learning Gosling has a fucked up brain. That's what we're learning from this, I think. I think Gosling's up his own butt a lot after I watched Maybe. Lost River now. Like, I think he's just, like, he's, like, real deep into, like, the culture of art. But, you know, Joe, you know what I just put on on Outer Max right now as we're recording this? What? The last 20 minutes of a little film called La La Land. Oh, terrible. Hey, guys, when you survive the cult of the Mickey Mouse Club, you tell me that you're not a little yes, fucked up afterwards, fair, okay? fair. He could have been a member of NSYNC, and instead he's digging into his fake mom's uterus. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all the trivia that I have. Our next segment, our first game, is a game, Chris, you might not know. It's called, Hey Gaz, what's in your hands? What's in your hands, Gaz? So this is a segment where we talk about traditionally... <laughs> 
about musical instruments he plays, but it's sort of become whatever you want to talk about. So, Joe, what do you what do you got? What do you what do you got in your mind? Mom's uterus. Mom's uterus is a which very is what, good I, what I was first thinking about. Like, what's in your hands, guys? <laughs> yeah, or what's your hands in, guys? Yeah, what's your hands in, guys? Or just what your what's your hands? It's dicks. What's your hands, dicks? Yeah, this is the first time that we've had hands. How about as how about why don't hands. why don't you have any hands, guys? Because <laughs> he's got three dicks. But they get cut off at the end. Like, why no hands, Gaz? He does hold a gun in a couple scenes. He, yeah, he is, got, he's he... waving around a gun. Yeah, when he waves yep. it at the at the guy that killed his brother. And I was really excited about that. We're, we're big R actors having gun fans in this thing just because it's really Hashtag awkward no ra when you yeah no, when when you think of ryan gosling and channing tatum those aren't like the two guys you picture with guns you know what i mean like like the rock yes gosling not so much so whenever we get like a nice little gun gun waving with one of our yeah. actors we're like oh yeah that's pretty cool anything else of note uh, for what's in his hands. Chris, anything else that you think that you can remember of, you know, special significance or unusual things that he held in this movie? No, no. It was it was kind of neat seeing him with the um, the gods, the, the gods arms? weapon, you know, when he when he had that little Ooh, sword. Sword, but, uh, sword. Just, True. Yeah, sword. We left that one out. Just, Good call. Yeah, that's it. Our next segment is the mailbag segment. We have an email address, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. As we've so learned recently, cereal. if you if you're listening to this, you're probably not listening to this far in. We know the people who do, <laughs> and we have three emails, all from ah. Jess Montez. Has she caught up? Cool. No, she has not caught up. Okay, let's get those emails, though. First email, I sent. I think I sent you maybe this picture, or I know that you know that it happened. What? Subject line, greetings Earthlings. from the Stanley Cup. What? Greetings from the Stanley Cup. Oh, what was that? She Send and her picture. cousin went to the Stanley Cup. She took a selfie and sent it to us. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I know that it happened. Je- yeah, Jess went to go see the garbage... Capitals. Garbage yeah. man, Tom Wilson, yeah. go play in a game. And they're probably going to win. Well, by the time this, this comes, comes out, out, they will have won. They might have won. They might They might have, but hopefully they haven't. We're recording this a little bit earlier than normal because I am... Uh, the next couple weeks are busy. We are going on a family vacation, a Too Fast, Too Forever family vacation. We are. And things are getting a little bit hectic, so... We're leaving tomorrow, actually. Shit. Yeah. By the time this comes out, the Cavaliers will have choked away Game 4 as well because they're now down 3-0. Yes. Uh, the Capitals will have sealed off the Golden Knights. Nope, they wouldn't have. And uh, the Knights world will back. be devoid of joy. Yeah, it'll be a sad year. Jess signs the email, love Montez. Next email from her. Wait, she Chris says, was saying something, oh, no, chill. It's, what did you say? I was just wanted to say I'm really jealous of your guys' vacation. I wish that I had the money to go to Russia and drive a submarine around, but... <laughs> I, I love I love your jokes. I was waiting for like a classic Chris joke. I in think this you're one. gonna have a great time. And there it was. Thank you. <laughs> the, to be fair, we rented driving the submarine. I'm driving the ice truck. Right. We rented a boat in Miami, and I'm just gonna try to jump cars onto it all afternoon. That's what I was. <laughs> he got that from me. <laughs> Next email from Jess Montez. Subject line: Blade Runner 2049. Which, for the record, came out in January. It is June. Okay. Blade Runner 2049 fire ass titles. So she wrote them down. She highlighted one in green. We don't know like, what the highlights mean, remember? No, we still don't know right. what highlights mean. Okay. She says, I think I missed a few, but these were great. I love that this game continues. A little heart emoji. Her titles were, I'm going to do the highlighted one last Joe 3, Trojans, Detective Gosling, <laughs> Future Cop, LA 2049, Vegas is Dead. Dead Vegas, Blade Jogger, and the one that you like the best, an eye for an eye. 
those are good. Those are good. And now that we're so far away, like they have no context to me at all. So it's I, really... I still, I, your, I still, my favorite one was yours. Uh, Blade Jogger is just a work of art. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just something I'd like to say about Blade Runner is I love how they she's all that at Dave Batista and they put glasses on him and they're like he's smart now. That I think was, is one thousand percent. As much as I loved that movie, that is one thousand percent my favorite part of it. It's the best part of it. Last email, Blade Runner twenty forty nine running thoughts. She said, "My phone stopped downloading my podcast again, but this week I vow to get caught up on all the shows." My dilemma is, I want to listen to these while I'm gaming, but I can't write emails at the same time or take notes on fire ass titles. Which I feel like she should just tell Siri or Alexa or Google or whoever. Send an email and then just you know fill it out. Good idea. I never I've never tried that before. But cool. Neither have I, but it's probably gonna happen. Yeah. She says I haven't seen this movie since it released in theaters, and it was great to hear you guys talk about it. I've been looking forward to this episode. Well, Jess, you could have listened to it five months ago, but you know, <laughs> waiting. Don't is be such too mean. Sweet. I'm Don't just kidding. Well, but that's also the point. Like we are mean to Jess, and that's why she keeps coming back. Yeah, you're, you're negging you, her. Jess. Is that is that what's going on? You guys are pickup artists. Basically. I know. Yeah, pretty much. I have my fedora on right now. What's that guy's yeah. name? Uh, mystery. Mystery. That's his name. I dictate yeah. all of my <sighs> best jokes to my Twitch stream moderators, and then they dictate them, and they hold that for when I'm going to be on the next podcast. So when you're oh, gaming, super cool. maybe that's something you know. Damn. You do. All, all my best stuff comes to me while while my Fortnite squad is is running around, and you know. Oh, so here's another thought, Jess. Have a little recorder next to you, or use your phone, and just record the entire time you game, and then rewind. Pick up your jokes. Pick up your comments. Type them up. Or buy an old answering machine and then call yourself repeatedly and just talk into it. Or buy a uh, voice-activated recorder. Yeah. And that just saves everybody the work. Or get it all tattooed on you like in Memento. Oh, good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. That's the best idea. That I do work. like that in this world, there's a, there's a separate person in the room who she's dictating to to tattoo on her who could just write down what she's <laughs> thinking, but it makes more sense to tattoo on yes. her. Correct. Straight, straight to tattoo. Yeah. She says, also, these ridiculous sidetracks always crack me up. Instapot, dot, 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 which... Like, oh, yeah, we talked about Instapot. I remember Instapod. talking about Instapot. Ramen? I don't remember the context. I don't remember either. We talked about it, though. We were talking about Shout it. out to Jenny for being the super fan. I can't be right now, which... Shout out, Jenny. Shout out, Jenny, though. Jenny might have left our good grade. I don't know where I think, Jenny went. I think, I hope, I think she I hope got mad at okay us. Jenny. I think she's stuck. Maybe. I hope not. Glad someone else randomly thinks about Clockwork Orange, which, sure. Okay. She says, Joe, too, I appreciate your description of what song the song will be. That was probably more interesting than the actual movie. What she puts in parentheses, while beautiful, I found kind of boring. Love forever. As did I. Montez. All right. The next game. This is one that you played on Zack Attack, Chris. This is the Google game where I'm going to search Only God Forgives, Ryan Gosling. And we have so many really options here. Okay. We have that's one we can do. That's one we can do. That's one we can do. That's fight. one we can do. Yes, fight is one, but that's not actually the top four. Number five is interview. We're gonna skip that. Yeah. Six is fight. Seven is gift. So we're not gonna do that. I would guess boot or something like that might be one. No, no, because nope. we're not. We're not really searching the movie. We're just searching him. Yeah, it's it's to be hair. Haircut is number two. Yep. Shirt. There's like, there's, there's like another six you can get. What'd you say? Shirt. T-shirt is number one. Shoe. Boots is number three. Mm. Eyes. No. Damn. Sadly. Chris, you got any? No, I was just thinking that you could never play this game with a podcast about a woman because the number one answer would always be feet. Feet. Yep. We talked about this last time. Didn't you say, were you on the podcast that we said this? Probably. Oh, that, you know, I do Google all women celebrity and feet, so 
I mean, my research for this was no, just I think Scott like Thomas somebody Pete. else we were talking to, we had a guest and they said the exact same thing. It might have been you. The internet is terrible. They were like, yeah, you you can't play this because it's all women feet. And I was like, what, really? I mean, Violent Crimes by Kanye West talks about how terrible the internet is for women. Mm-hmm. So true. You've got the number ten or the last one, uh, number nine. And number four. Um, and two of them are similar. Actually, no. You said fight. So fight scene is also another one. But there's two more that you haven't gotten yet. And they're related but not exactly. And there's something we've already talked about that Chris even made a joke about. Do all of them, like, have to do with Ryan Gosling? Or, like, do do some of them? Yeah, we search, like, only God forgives Ryan Gosling. Okay. I would guess, like, analysis or something like that. Okay, nope. Fuck, I don't, I'm not good at this game. I'm too new. I'm a rookie. No, it's just it's okay. you have to think it's like what do what do fourteen year old girls Google like what to, like or you know what I mean like it's always like very very obvious shit. Hmm. The other two that are related that we've talked about a little bit Dive. are workout and diet. Oh. Yeah, that makes fuck. I forgot about those two. Because the whole point of the game essentially, Chris, is like what are girls Googling to make their boyfriends look like Ryan Gosling, yes. or what are what are boys Googling to make themselves look like Ryan uh, Gosling? I see. Okay. That's usually what we we figured it out really quickly that it's always like haircut feet. feet. <laughs> I'm gonna give you all the credit because I don't. I've never played the game. I just look it up. That you were the one who figured out. Oh, this is gonna be the right answer or whatever. Yeah. All right. The next game is a trailer game. This is the official Red Band trailer number one. This is only 95 seconds long. Short movie, short trailer. Cool. I like that. There we go. So hit play. Let it buffer a little bit, Chris. We will let you know when to start it up. So you guys ready? Like let it like press play and press pause and Hold whenever on. you're ready, let me know. And ready when you are. All right, three, two, one, play. This is the trailer posted by Movie Clips Trailers. Red, 1.8 red. Million. We usually get green backgrounds in these. I know. Well, red band means that it's not edited. It's, it's for restricted audiences only, oh. so it might be violent, when probably violent. Might have language. It's also red band because this whole trailer so far has been red. Yeah, Gosling red, fake Madonna. Got Thomas. Hey, this is the kind of okay. stuff that makes More me wish he had Suspiria. Yeah, because this hands looks, already already yeah. getting phallic. Oh, this is gonna be him dragging the guy by the jaw. Oh, oh it hurts. they put that in the trailer. It hurts my soul. Yeah, that would that would really hurt. That music coming in when it did is yeah. really good. Yes, I'd like it too. Good, yeah, good call, Chris. Oh, and he's singing. So we got the singing. We got the following. We got a, a sword unsheathing. Oh, the nice shot of his mom. Oh more like that was pelvis there was a lot of pelvis there this is a great trailer i mean i watched yeah i like this trailer a lot it's a I, great trailer because you also don't yeah. know what the fuck i could definitely see someone looking at this and going oh this is going to be very drive-like or this is an action movie and this trailer looks very kill bill to me yeah also kill bill yeah like i didn't think about that when i was watching the movie but now that i see the trailer it's very kill bill want to fight want to fight Oh, oh forgives. And here we go. The fight. Getting ready. Coming soon. Cool. Perfect. That was a damn good trailer. Yeah, wow. No problems with that trailer. It's a very good trailer. We've we've seen some really bad ones, so. So, Chris, this is going to be the most difficult game for you to play because this requires a little bit of forethought. So we'll let okay. you go third if you want, unless you have an answer right off the bat. Ryan Gosling's feet. Oh, I fucked up already. I'm sorry. But it's not okay. the wrong answer. I can tell you that much. Most and least boyfriend material moments in this film. So what did he do that was the most boyfriend and the least boyfriend? I'm going to say mine too. Joe, this is sort of like, uh, it, it almost is like a guess that we would make. That it's almost like best followed immediately by worst. Yes, which is normally what I do. Go ahead. I'm going to say the best and worst 
are after he leaves dinner with Mai, you know, they're sort of having like a tender conversation. He's essentially sort of thanking her, like apologizing to her. Like, I know my mother's terrible, but like, I appreciate you, whatever. That feels like a genuine boyfriend moment. Then he slams her into the wall like a choke slam, demands that she take off the dress, screams at her. That is for sure the least boyfriend moment. Yes. I like those. Chris, you want to go next or you want me yeah, to go I next? Yeah, I think I got this. The most boyfriend material moment is not killing the little girl. You know, he loves kids. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. That's that's a good one. The least boyfriend material is uh, rummaging around his mom's uterus. Yeah. Also a very good one. That's a pretty bad one. Good answer, bad moment, right. but yes, go ahead. I would say most boyfriend material moment is not calling a woman that just said you have a small dick a bitch. Sure. So like him remaining quiet like when he's like at dinner with his mom. That was a pretty good boyfriend material moment. Least boyfriend material moment would be me like watches some hooker fap in front of him. <laughs> like that's pretty it's pretty not boyfriendy. I also wrote down early in the movie he feeds a dog and I was like, that's that's a pretty nice boyfriend material moment. Yeah, that's a sweet one. That's a pretty sweet one. I've heard cool. that some women gauge um, the men that they're dating by how they treat their mother. So definitely boyfriend mm. material, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his mother does not treat him well, but uh, he, you know. He's a respectful boy. Yeah. He is. Kept his mouth shut. He just took it. Okay, the next game is the letterbox game. We are closing up. There's a couple more games to play, but the letterbox game. So here, before we play the actual games, either of you want to guess what this average rating is on letterbox i have to abstain because i was getting mad at some of the reviews and i was all around letterbox today getting fucking read and nude online so i have to abstain here um i say 375 uh 3.1 so a little bit lower but okay. not terrible okay so now the chris you'll be able to play the actual games probably i hope the first game we're going to play is how many people have seen this movie so mad max fury road has been logged by 238,342 people which i feel like since we recorded shannon has gone up by like six or seven hundred people like there's a lot like in a week it keeps so. it keeps growing it, but it, it yep. like it, it's a nice pace to set us at 238k how many people have seen only god forgives joe 32 5 chris i'm gonna go lower you said that Fury Road had 230,000? Yeah. And that's people who have reviewed it? No, it's just people who have logged it. it. I, think it, it. I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's unique people or okay. just like Rewatches. number of times. I think, I think it's probably, probably okay. unique. I'm going to go know. with 16,000. Higher than both. Yeah. So uh, higher okay. than 32,5. 47,3. Yeah, I was going to go about 45. Answer is 45,808. Damn. 45,808s and heartbreaks. Yeah, damn. Okay, yeah. I was, you see, so Chris, the, the, the thing that I do is you, you hear Fury Road, you gauge how much Letterbox lusts over it right. versus how long ago it came out. Yeah. And then, like, you kind of, you, you tangible in what actors are in it, and that's how I get my numbers. You should come up with, like, a formula and, and see oh. if there's a, run that through, like, an algorithm kind of thing and see if you can get yeah. something that's consistent. <laughs> exactly, right? So out of those 45808, how many put this in their top four favorite films of all time? Ooh. Oh... I'm going to go 131. Um, boy, that's tricksy. Um, Chris, while <laughs> you think about this, I will read Chris's review on Letterboxd. You, an idiot who gave this one and a half stars. Ugh, QT Ryan doesn't say anything that's weird and boring. Me, a genius. Fists are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty four stars. Pretty good. Not an all-time great, True but I like. quite liked it. All right, so you said 131 people have this in their top four. That was my guess. Yeah, I'm going to... I, I can't, and 
thirty. Oh god, forty-five thousand people have watched it. This is this is a stressful one. I, I, I this game is terrifying. <laughs> I hear it. I hear um, it in your voice, uh, man. Three hundred and thirty-three. It is between those two. Okay. Between one thirty-one and three thirty-three, or one seventy-five. Two hundred. One seventy-one. Joe nice. again. Start over. Pretty close. Place. Pretty close on that one. Okay, cool. Okay, so now I'm going to look on the first. Wait, was it one seventy-one? Because I said one thirty-one, and then I said one seventy-five. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. So we're going to go to Joe at Bear Bear, B-A-I-R-E-B-E-A-R on Letterboxd. He gave it five stars, gave it a heart, wrote a review, said, in all capital letters, there are people who don't fucking like this movie, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. So Joe gets it. Like, I'm on board with that. I felt the same way after Mother. It's like, and I, I think that's also why I, I brought that up before, is I felt the same way after it with just regards to how people just like, and, and I love... Joe, that you're an exception. Like you watch a movie, you may not like, you may not be like be absorb it. Like no, you yeah. are absorbing it all, even if you're not quite like, you know, you're seeing it. You're seeing the forest for the trees. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're I watch it film, very visually, like yeah. on top. Like unless I watch the movie like a few times. Like the first time I watch it, it's just like just in your face. What it gives me, that's what I'm watching. And yeah. I just I love that you can appreciate about that. But like the people that can watch a beautiful movie. And then still, like, they miss both of them. It's like, what the fuck do you even want <laughs> yeah, out of a movie? Exactly. What are you doing with your Did eyes? Did you have your eyes closed the whole time? Yeah, because, like, yep. if it's not, if it's if it's beautiful, that's fine. And if you get, like, all of, like, the weird, like, symbolism, allegory, that's, like, a whole other thing. How did you not get either? Yeah. So, okay, so this guy's top four. So his bio, well, I'm, I'm not going to read his bio yet. I will if you get stuck. There's a good chance, Joe, I think that between the two of you, you might... Get all four? Yeah, get oh, all four. I was Drive. four is only God forgives. This was Drive. the game I was good at on the Efron one. Yeah. yeah. Is Drive one? I think he's probably right. Drive is number two. Yes. Yep. So now um, number one and three. So one is a movie that he saw for the first time this month. Oh. He writes in his, his bio, I rarely, I very rarely watch bad movies, which I feel like is a good way to do things. The room. Sure. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Okay. Can I ask questions, or is it just I sure? Is there any Quentin Tarantino in there? No. Oh, that would have been a good guess. Yeah. Uh, then I will guess um, Fight Club. No. Oh. I, I feel like I always guess, guess that on this website. Well, I mean, I feel like Fight Club is a very popular movie on this, especially on this website. Yeah. It's Here's a movie. A hint. That he, go ahead. Here's a hint. One and three are both by the same director, so he's got two Raffin and two of another guy. Oh. Um. Lynch? Yes. Okay. Oh. Mulholland Drive. Number three. Blue Velvet. Number one. Yeah. Easy. His Good bio job. says, I like movies and Twin Peaks. Check out my list, please. I have a lot. I very rarely watch bad movies. Then he says, first time watches of June 2018 ranked. He did Blue Velvet, Fire Walk With Me, being John Malkovich. This guy doing life right in terms of movies. Apparently, yeah. I'm down. Mm-hmm. The last game on the show, Fire Ass Title. So, Chris, you may remember this. If we are renaming this in the style of High School Musical, where it is the most core basic element, how do you describe this movie in its most basic terms? Tie Fight. Mm. I got tie one. Fighter. Oh, Tie Fighter. No, no Tie Tai Chang, not Tai Chi. I just I really like Tie Fighter, and I'm trying to figure out how I can what kind of pun will work X Wing versus Tie Fighter into this, and I <laughs> and I can't do it, and I'm really sad. What if I just what if I go back to that CM Punk line I liked and just call it Box with God? Yeah, Mother. <laughs> I'm also gonna call it You Are God. Mm, neon fists. Oh, that's on brand for Wanna Fight like. Box. Oh, also doubles as slang for her uterus. <laughs> yes. Sure does. Fists of Fury. Come dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> 
Question mark? You should put question mark in it. Come dumpster? Come dumpster? I think that works a little bit better. It's less, it's less offensive. <laughs> How about my tie? Oh. Yeah. My tie, your tie. We all tie for Muay Thai. For hand tie? Hentai? Hentai. Hentai. I feel like we, the next good one is what we go out on, but I think I feel like we started strong and we have had penetration in the middle. Penetration or the uterus? Mm. Beat me then. Family. Oh, family ties. Oh, <laughs> I like it. T h a i s. So good. That is so good. Okay, I like Does, it. Yeah, that's this it. This game always dip into punnage, I feel like it must. It, it, yeah. it goes either puns or lifetime. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it either Those, way. That's a split. It'll be like it'll be like a girl too a girl too lost or like a city unknown, you know, like something like these. <laughs> <laughs> They're always like either one like and once we start doing one way or the other way, it just like goes that way. That's great. I love it. So the last segment on the show we have is the awards show. Maybe the Golden Geese, the Golden Fleece, or the Gazis. What do we want to nominate these for, Joe? I feel like best scream. Based on me alone, you want to do best film or no? Yeah, you can add it to best film. Cool. Only I think best scream. Best scream. We will get there for sure. Is this best role or no? I feel like it's nah. Good. It's understated. Yeah, it's not like the best role. Do we want to nominate it for bo- most boyfriend material caliber role? No. Do you have like a Razzie's version of that, like the exact opposite? We do. We don't actually don't have least boyfriend material caliber role. We could. I think we should add it though. Okay. Yeah, I'm down, and I'd add this movie to it. Boyfriend. Now the question is, Joe, were there any other movies that we've covered so far that should fall into this role? Ah, uh, we'll have to re- we'll have to revisit. I have to think about it. I can't do it off the cuff right now. Most fun film? I'm gonna say no. Best song, no. Best soundtrack score, mm. I'm going to throw this in there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Best cinematography, I'm going to throw this in there. Has to be, yeah. Best costumes, not really. Nah. Best Ryan Gosling hair, great hair in this, but not really super notable, I don't think. Nah. I was underwhelmed by the hair. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's just it's just hair. It's just dude hair. Now, the facial hair, facial hair is on Ooh. point. The actual, we might, the head hair. Adam for beard? It was clipped. I don't know. Mm, what do yeah. you think? Uh, okay. Best love story or worst love story? Him and his mother? Oh, yeah. Best or worst? Worst. Because we got Seven Mia in both from La La Land. Oh, yeah. Kay and Joy in best. So we got Crystal and Julian. Only God forgives. Best Ryan Gosling scream. Take yes. it off. Take it off. Take it off! See, this this has kind of inspired me, honestly. And you bring up Blade Runner um, kind of adds to that because, like, I was also really high when I saw Blade Runner. Yeah. And I loved the hell out of that. Yep. And, like, I've been afraid to go back to it. Oh, it's great. But, like, now now that I've I've Stone Cold Sober watched this and I, I loved it, I feel like Blade Runner is on the horizon. Yeah. Get all neon gosling. Yeah. But he was, does he cry in this movie or does he not cry in this movie? No, he doesn't cry. No. Best kill? Does he kill anybody? I mean, he kills people, but I don't think there's anything he shoots the dude, super but... noteworthy. Like, if he beats somebody to death with his bare hands, worth it. But just shooting a guy? Yeah, dragging the guy by his mouth. If he could have, like, ripped the top of his head off, that would have been cool, but, like, no. From a personal standpoint, and not to nominate it, when you see the dead body of his brother with, like, its its skull, like, caved in, yeah, it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's head, like, puffing up <laughs> from Total Recall, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's, like, such a bad prop. It's it's perfect if you go back and rewatch it. Best job? Drug runner? But I don't think that's important to the story. Nah, it's to, not. To it's not. Here. Dancing scene doesn't really dance. So then the only other thing is best non-gaz role, male or female? The bomb, for sure. Yeah. Kristen Scott Thomas, okay? I mean, I was looking at 2013. 2013 is a 
hell of a year. Like, even if they was loved, that Blue Jasmine year? Dude, 2013 was Wolf of Wall Street, Her, Under the Skin, Lewin Davis. Um, oh, by the way, Her, I'm watching Her right now because La La Land ended, so yeah. Oh. Love it. That's another movie I need to go back to. Short Term 12, that means it's also Spring oh, Breakers. Oh, with my Short Term 12. It is also Blue Jasmine. Like, what a fucking year. But even if this movie, what I'm saying is even if this movie was, it got the credit deserved. Yeah, I still think she not, probably yes. would have been overlooked for, like, an acting award just because of the, the caliber. Like, this might be the best film year in the time I've it's been alive. It's great. Spring Breakers is also that year, technically. Yeah, like, what a fucking year. But that that was the year, like, I'm, as Joe knows, I am terrible at the Oscars, but that was the year that I walked out of Blue Jazz in a movie that I did not like, and I was like, well, everybody's competing for second place now. Because it's like, because yeah. Kate Blanchett just dunks on everyone in that movie and it's just like oh that was like an all-time great performance so i was just like mm-hmm. that's it i actually realized that we sort of skipped part of the segment the most and least boyfriend material moment we need to go back to that good we need to review oh. our guesses yeah, and also okay. guess for the next one okay last last part of the last game yes so joe you said his most boyfriend material moment in a movie that we've both seen he's a priest okay. although he's lusting after the woman in confession telling him her sins as a prostitute he <laughs> listens and forgives her because only god forgives <laughs> then the least boyfriend moment was when she walks out the confessional, she shuts the door, and he says, Whore. <laughs> Which, that was my favorite scene in this movie. I don't remember, I don't know why we didn't talk about him as a priest, but, you know. <laughs> well played. We, we did, that's the scene where he's tied up and watching her jerk off. <laughs> exactly. Oh, true, true, true. Well, she's 50%, 50% woman, maybe. She's just gonna have been very Catholic really quick. Oh, yeah, that was a weird line at the beginning of that. We're, we're rewinding now, I apologize. There is there is that line that is really... The first ten minutes of this movie, definitely I could see people at Cannes getting turned off by how great yeah, that first ten sure. minutes of the movie. Anyway, yeah. fuck those people. Mine starts with the one thing that I remembered from the movie. I said at one point his want to fight is to defend his honor, which I don't think it is. I think he just wants to... Yeah, he just wants to fight. Something's going wrong. A guy is giving her a hard time. He stands up for her and fights the guy to defend her. Then at another point, the same thing happens again. He says, I did it once. I'm not doing it again. I'm <laughs> out. Damn, I, I wish I like wrote down what I remembered of this movie before I watched it. I bet it would have been real weird. I remembered Wanna Fight, and I remembered Karaoke, and that's kind mm. of it. Okay, so the last part of this game that we sort of skipped over before, Chris, is the next movie is a movie that I've seen and remember nothing about other than I do not like it. The next movie we're seeing is Gangster Squad. Oh, wait, oh. that was like your eighth favorite movie of that year. No, I hated that movie. Uh, not according to that list that you reposted recently. It was like eighth favorite movie of that month oh, no, of that no, year. Oh, no, 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 no. I also did, that was back when I was doing least favorite movies. Um. I hate Gangster Squad. Okay. Okay. You're lost. There's no there's no way that I I saw this movie with Rachel in theaters in Miami coming off a three day bender. The <laughs> only thing we could bring ourselves to do was go sit in a theater and watch this movie. I was so. excited for this movie and then people kept telling me, Don't see that movie. It's bad. It's not good. I don't remember. Resident Historian Mike Manzi will be on because it takes place in the 20s or the 30s or whatever. So, Chris, you will not be on, but we are all oh, going to guess. I got one. All three of us are going to guess my... the most and least boyfriend material moments in Gangster Squad, a movie we've all seen and none of us really remember. So, Joe, what are your guesses for I have most not, and least I have not boyfriend seen this material? Movie. Oh, really? I know nothing about this other than, no, good, I said people, people were like, don't see this movie even though I was excited for it and I, I listened. I remembered what you're thinking about when I saw, when I had Gangster Squad ranked 8th those were all the movies that I'd seen from that year. Oh. So I'd only seen ten movies or that's, whatever. That's about where that belongs then in that list. Yeah. So there okay. we go. Okay, Joe. Most and least boyfriend material moment. Go for it. Most boyfriend material moment is he meets a woman that he so here, really just, likes. I don't want to blow up your spot, but I have a little competitive advantage in that I know that 
Emma Stone is in it too. Whatever. So you want to say he meets her or just a woman in general? No, he meets a fuck Emma Stone. He meets a woman, <laughs> and the woman has a daughter. And to woo her, he takes the daughter for a chocolate malt because it's the 20s. Okay. The least boyfriend material is while the girl drinks the chocolate malt, he fucks her mom in like the next Whoa. room and you can hear it. And you can hear it. Like the little girl hears it through the wall. And you can actually simultaneously switch those for best and least boyfriend material moment. Because like he only <laughs> buys the little girl a malt, but then also he like is really giving it to the mom. So like mm-hmm. it, it's on how you look at it. Chris, have you watched any of killing eve which is a show on bbc america i have not nope so it's created by phoebe waller bridge who created fleabag and started fleabag she's also the voice of l3 or whatever uh, in the, the robot uh, lando's robot in solo still have not seen that but either. i really like that movie a lot i hated deadpool kind of loved solo anyway the first scene in killing eve we find we see a woman who is beautiful who turns out to be the killer which you find out like shortly in the, later in the episode so that's not a spoiler and she's in an ice cream shop and she's watching a girl eat her ice cream she's like looking over she's smiling at her walks out of the ice cream shop and dumps the ice cream on the girl and it's just like oh that rules like that's like the first thing we see in this show okay. and it's great so that just reminded me of that so okay Chris, do you want to go next? Or you want me to go um, next for both most and least boyfriend material moment for Gangster Squad? I'll go because mine are going to be pretty broad since I don't know a ton sure. about this movie. Um, I'm going to say the least boyfriend material first okay. is when he commits the St. Valentine's Day massacre and just okay. murders a bunch okay. of people with Tommy Gunn. It's him. It's it like specifically, it's specifically him, him, Tommy Gunn. Yes. Okay. The most, though, I mean, there is the Valentine's Day part of it, but he misses, like, a Valentine's Day thing to murder all those people, so that's definitely least. So he skips the Valentine's Day party yeah. to go murder these yeah, people. Yeah, he has to make okay. that value judgment. But the most boyfriend material is when he he gets betrayed by Emma Stone, who's secretly a cop that has infiltrated the gangster okay. squad. Whoa. But he's okay with it. 1920s female cop. That's the twist? Undercover. It's perfect. You can't see me Dude, shrugging my shoulders, but I am. <laughs> no. I just, I love how empowering you were to women in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, you get, like, we, we always have to, like, give women better roles and stuff like that. So, like, I, I appreciate it. So you're saying his most boyfriend, you're just, just so I yeah. get this right, you're saying his most boyfriend material moment is that he's okay getting betrayed? Yes, by Emma Stone, who is also playing Susan B. Anthony. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We're, okay. we're really gonna just, just drive that women empowerment home in this movie. Perfect. I do love my dollar coins with Emma Stone on the back. <laughs> Same. Or 50 cent coins or whatever she's on. I don't even know. 50 cent coins? It was dollar coins. I feel like Emma Stone could play like a good gun mall. Like, I feel like she could be good as that like 20s gangster girl, but I'm guessing that movie just sucks top to bottom, doesn't it? I don't know. I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. Maybe I like <laughs> it because I didn't like this movie and I love this movie. Probably not going to. I'm going to say most boyfriend material moment is he sees Emma Stone in a bar, pulls a Seb. So La La Land. You just want this movie to be La La Land. Yep. And okay. woos her on the piano. Okay. The least boyfriend material moment. I'm going to sort of uh, steal a little bit of Chris's. He shoots and kills Emma Stone with a Tommy gun. Oh, okay. Whoa, Aggressive. combining the two. He, oh, wow, he kills Emma Stone in this movie? That's Spoil- what I think. Spoilers for the next one, I guess. I spoilers <laughs> for the next movie. Okay. Wild. So that's our guesses for next movie. Gangster Squad coming out July 21st. Be here. Be square. Eat your See there. Be square. Email us, boyfriendmaterial.cageclub.me. Okay, so since we last recorded, we put out the episode Furious 7. That one's for Paul. Yep. So that was a movie that Joe and I both cried during. We yep. put out the episode of Magic Mike's for... What did we just do? Not a guide to recognizing your saints. <laughs> no, I, all I can think is Ragazzi. I just... Oh, Battle in Seattle was the crossover episode. Oh, fuck. That's why yes, that's right. Softcore protest porn. Watch the Throne, Magic Mike's super crossover, Charlize Theron, Extravaganza. Tatum. 
terrible movie. Letty. Next thing we're putting out, Fate of the Furious. We are closing out lap one of Too Fast, Too Forever, so go check that out. The next Channing movie we're doing is She's the Man, which we mentioned on that podcast. We've delayed a little bit because we were sort of bouncing some things around to do the very special episode about Chan and Jenna, to then bring the Battle of Seattle episode up so that we could sync it over. She's the Man, Amanda Bynes, dressing as a man in some kind of sport or journalism endeavor, as we guess on that episode. Yes. That's coming up next month, July 11th. And then one month from today, come back to see Gangster Squad, a movie in which Emma Stone maybe does some things. We don't know. <laughs> Chris, thank you for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thanks Always. for giving me a reason to rewatch this incredibly good movie. You will be on our Too Fast, Too Forever podcast a little bit later this year oh, with your right. podcast partner, Nico, talking about Fast Five. I have no recollection of signing up for that, but sounds good to me. I might have drafted you into it, but the exciting thing is that is our one-year anniversary show, because that will be on December 1st, so it's a time to celebrate. It It certainly is. is. I'm excited. And then you'll be on some Channing movie. Oh, you're going to be on Haywire, because Haywire rules. Hell yeah, it does. Well, so go check out Chris's podcast now and again. Chris has also been on our Disaster Artist episode for Zack Attack. He's been on Cage Club and Keanu Club and Watch the Throne. And he also had a Monkey Club podcast, which, knock on wood, as we release this, the weekend of my housewarming party maybe we'll have a live monkey club reenactment in my backyard probably not we should just have a live cage club something the question is will more hosts be at my event than we're at the dive bar at gold sounds in brooklyn when we have the ps i love hoffman event so joe will be there at some point i will chris and larson will both be there I'm assuming Mike Manzi will be there. Yep. Kara might be there. Jordan might be there. I mean, we might break the record for most hosts in an area. Yeah. Who knows? Nobody nobody wish terrorism upon us or the whole network will go down. Please no terrorism. Bad thing. I wasn't going to say that. I don't want to say It'll that. be like that first okay. Velvet Underground concert. Like, everyone everyone yeah. there just, just started a band afterwards, you know? Yeah, exactly. Everyone, but we've all started the bands started already. Started a podcast. And just no, nobody's listening to exactly. our bands. <laughs> so that's that. For all things, all of our podcasts, all three of ours, plus Zack Attack, plus Now and Again, plus Monkey Club, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter, and now Instagram. Go check us out on Instagram. Email us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Send in pictures of cereal. Send in your thoughts on fire-ass titles. Let us know how you are caught up in the episodes, and Jess Montez is not. So go do all those things. Cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Boyfriend material at gageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. That was Chris Podcast Mattiello, and we'll see you next time on Boyfriend Material.